Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's Radio Free Professional Wrestling. I am Sunny Sean, and I'm alongside my partner, my gold medal partner, David the Smart Mark. David, how are you doing? Hey, mate, I'm all right. I've, um, yeah, it's been an interesting week, but you're definitely the gold medal winner here in this partnership this week, without a shadow of a doubt. Well, currently, I have more gold medals than the United States of America. Go me. I wasn't thinking about the Churchill Cup. I was thinking that I'm trying to be magnanimous here and, and generous of praise because um, uh, we had some news that you can take full credit for you could take some kudos for and um i was uh it was really really nice to see last night well david why don't we just go to the control center so we can talk about some things well why don't we this is your radio free pro wrestling control center all the wrestling news you need to know Okay, so what Big Dogs is leaning on about is the fact that it is reportedly the WWE has signed Bianca Corelli, the daughter of Santino Barella, to a contract. Santino was on another podcast where he mentioned that his daughter has been signed and should be reporting to the Performance Center in the coming weeks. Now, back in September, we had the privilege of having Bianca Corelli on our show doing an interview. I will post it back up on our Facebook page, but we wish her all the best because I feel like she's going to do a lot of great things in professional wrestling. Well, I think you're being awfully nice to yourself. After let, let, Let's tell the people the truth here and because uh, there's also another gentleman that deserves a mention here because after the interview you put her on to a, a mutual friend of ours in uh, Coastal Championship Wrestling young Nellio, who's the promoter performer, general dog's body, all round good guy and he's almost got, if you like, the last territory in American professional wrestling and he's very successful. You know, check out check out Coastal Championship Wrestling guys well worth it irrelevant of this but you put her in touch with Nelio they went they got obviously discussed whatever they discussed that was their business she's performed for them for about six months Sean about five months or so yes five months and from that performance in the five months, obviously through Nellio, because Nay he's a he is a top, top, top fella. In you know, he gives wrestling promoters a bad name, he's so nice. She's got picked up. And that wouldn't have happened. You know, everyone's everyone's success story. And I mean, Nellio took refused to take no credit when I messaged him last night. Everyone's success story needs some help. And it needs some help from good people. And in this case, she has had a little footing up to that brass rung, through you, Sean, and through Nelly on Coastal Championship Wrestling. And I doff my cap to the pair of you, both good guys, both, you know, best intentions, and in this case, it's paid off, and it's hugely, hugely rewarding for everyone concerned. David, I got to think about it after you messaged me that she got signed, and I was going like, you know, there's another Bianca on the roster in WWE, so I get my fingers crossed that they don't go down the road to try to rename Bianca Curlily, because she's really made a name for herself, and she deserves to have her name. Yeah, that, that's a fair point, but you know you know yourself, mate. You've, you've made a bit of a rhetorical statement there. You know, chances are that unfortunately Unfortunately, Miss Bellender's got is already in possession of that name, and they don't like people with similar names. So, and and to be fair, you know, let's look at the current NXT 2.0 roster. There's some cracking names in that. So she's bound to get something completely stupid. I don't care. To be fair, good luck to the girl. She deserves it. She's a talent and. Fair play, again, I can only reiterate it to you and Nelly. You know, I hold my hands up. And you know, David, if you look at the NST 2.0 roster, 
Foster on the female side, she slots in very well into the current climate. So I feel like she's going to have nothing but success down there. No, I actually slightly disagree with that, Sean. She's um, the, the, the big difference between her going in to the NXT 2.0 roster is she's actually quite good. Well, we all know about your NST 2.0 bias. I was trying to be nice. <laughs> I know. And, and I've been nice to you, and, uh, you know, Nelly Owens, CCW. Uh, honestly, as I'm sure we get into the show and discuss the week's viewing. I'm sure that will, so, that will turn around now and change into some bitter and nastiness. Okay, so our second news story of the week comes from AEW. Because at the beginning of the week, we had a certain match promised to us. It was going to be John Moxley versus Brian Kendrick. And literally... I want to say the night before that match was supposed to happen, it got pulled because a interview from 2011 that Brian Kidder did came back to light where he made some very questionable statements about the Holocaust. You know, Tony Khan probably did the best thing he could, did put Brian Kidder on the card, and Brian Kidder went to Twitter, he apologized, and I know it's a... I've been trying to wrap my head around on how much blame I could give Brian Kendrick because... We all have said some really stupid stuff when we were younger, and this is literally like 11 years ago, and you would hope that he has changed since then. It seems like he has changed a bit if you look at his social media stuff in the past 10 years or so, but once again, things you say in the past do come back up to haunt you, and that's another good reason to make sure that you present yourself in the full and true honest self on social media. Okay, I'm glad if to add to that, mate. That was um, very succinctly put, and um, you covered all back. Yeah, I totally agree with every word you said. You know, the only thing is, it's it's like, it's that happy medium, really, is... Dude, does Tony Khan go down the route? People are, ex- you know, exactly as you said, entitled to a second chance. And you can guarantee if Tony had gone ahead and put him in that match with Moxley, that somebody would have jumped on it and said, what are you doing? You know, um, he was in a no-win scenario, played it out the best as he could. And yeah, it's unfortunate, but them's the breaks. Okay, our third news story of the week is apparently Goldberg is back with the WWE. <laughs> he is heading to Elimination <laughs> Chamber. And you have... <laughs> misfortune of watching SmackDown last night as we record on Saturday, you would know that he has challenged Roman Reigns for the Universal title. Yeah. This is probably, let's face it, Sean, this is probably at the request of the Saudi prince. He'll have put a few hundred thousand extra dollars in there with Vince to sweeten the deal to cover Goldberg's expenses, and it means we have to suffer, suffer him again, and Roman's got to somehow carry him to a reasonable match. Don't think it'll happen. Um, I don't really care. It's not put anything on the credence of that card for me. I I don't get it. I really don't. But, hey, you know, what do I know? Well, David, it is reportedly Goldberg's last match on his current contract, even though his contract has another year to go time-wise. This is his last match on this deal. So the question becomes, is this the last time we see Goldberg in WWE, or will they rework a deal and give him some more matches, and we'll have to suffer through some more classic Goldberg matches? (laughs) Well, let's put it like this. If the next Saudi trip after this, the Saudi king, prince, family, whatever, wants Goldberg, they'll get Goldberg. So is it his last match? Do I believe it's his last match in WWE? Not a hope in hell. We're not that lucky. But no, it won't be his last match. If he, particularly if he's got another year on his contract and they've got two or three more Saudi trips. No. Okay, our final news story of the week came this morning from AEW President Tony Khan as he has <laughs> tweeted that the forbidden door is going to open up on Wednesday night and somebody new is going to debate debut on AEW yet again. 
And David, who do you think this could possibly be? Well, we talked a little bit about this off air. We broke we broke our Forbidden Wall for once um, before we came on and started recording. Now, as I personally believe Jeff Hardy's going to debut at Revolution, I think in this case, as his contracts, his no competes out, I think it'll be Keith Lee and he'll squash Isaiah Cassidy. Well, if you look at Josh Alexander's um, Twitter profile and his account, he made a terrific tweet suggesting that it might be Josh Alexander coming over for a match. So it could be Josh Alexander. Yeah, it's a fair point. And obviously, as I'm sure we're going to discuss, um, it's not the first time he's been referenced on AEW television this week. So, But I'm sure I've got that that pleasure to come to discuss with you, my friend. Is this Tony Khan misreading what he reads as big indie star? I don't know. Yeah, it's a fair point and it makes sense. I just hope it's not the way that build has gone. Exactly. Also, if you notice, um, Killian Cross has also been putting up some videos lately on his um, Twitter account, and maybe it could be Killer Cross coming to AEW. Hope not. Not a fan. His wife can come, but not him. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that is your news for the week as we head towards the stunning gold medal six questions known as the stunning six questions. It's time for the stunning six questions. All of the whys and what have they done now? Hopefully, Sean and David can make sense of it. Okay, David, you kind of mentioned this back on Wednesday night. You sent me a tweet, and it was basically, Brandy ruins everything. So I was at work, ain't had a chance to watch AEW yet, so I came home, and I watched AEW, had the privilege of watching the first match, and seeing <laughs> Monsley beat the heck out of Muta. And after that, you saw Daniel Bryan come in there, and they had a great promo, so they went to commercial. And David, this is even worse placement than Becky Lynch and Drew Drop at the Royal Rumble. <laughs> because coming yep. off that promo between John Monsley and D- Daniel Bryan, <laughs> we get Brandy Rose versus Dan Lever and a promo. <laughs> Oh, it started so well. Moxley, Wheatley, Eula got the job done. Dan Housen got, you know, got a little bit involved with. Again, as we spoke about last week, it was just about perfect. Moxley got the job done. You forgot about all the peripheries because Daniel comes in, cuts a mercifully brilliant promo. Moxley didn't even say a word, but if you'll pardon the expression, his facials during the promo as he's considering. You can't argue, you know, he can't argue with what Brian's saying to him. It's obviously appealing. Really, really good promo leaves it hanging. Are they going to team? Are they going to feud? Are they going to team? Are they going to feud? Really well done. Really liked it. Really liked it. So they go, as you say correctly, this happened in the UK. Because I think what you watch is slightly different to me because I watch it through the fire app. We came back and who's in the ring? And it's just like your heart sinks. The crowd are booing. And they're booing not because she's a heel. They're booing because they just don't want her in the ring. So Dan Lambert comes out and gets the baby face pop as a heel because they really hate Brandy that much. Now, I'm not going to go into too much detail because some of it is really, really bad. I mean, really bad. The, the, the one good line actually Brandy got, which was about Josh Alexander, but it was delivered so poorly that it lost a little bit of effect. And some of the stuff about Brandy being, you know, and Brandy's obviously knows this is coming, about 
well, I'm not going to go into it about, but but basically about her being, shall we say, a lady of the night and being a little bit loose and free with her ways. This is, I know you like to keep this family friendly. They weren't necessary. They really weren't. And I like Dan Lambert. I like America's Top Team. And I cannot stomach, bro. This section, this promo, and even though the crowd were into it, but they were into it for the wrong reasons, was awful. And it was, it, it was one of those, and it hasn't happened a lot lately. It made me embarrassed to be a wrestling fan. And that's purely and simply down to one person, and that's Brandy Rhodes. David? I'm going to disagree with you. I actually didn't enjoy Dan Levert or Brandy in this segment. And I'm going to go ahead and go to Sunny question number two because this is a two-for-one special. Because <laughs> even though Dan Levert probably said something that we a lot of people would agree with, that they want to smack the taste out of Brandy's mouth, they called on Paige Van Zandt to come down to do the job. And we saw the worst fate fight in 2022. Yep. And if this becomes a match on Revolution, it may be a top contender, no pun intended, for worst match of the year. <laughs> yeah, I can't argue with that. Um, I mean, overall, well, I think the point I was trying to make was Dan Lambert couldn't actually save this. And some of his comments to Brandy, at the end of the day, she's a new mum. She's a, you know, whether I want to, whether I want to see her on my television every Wednesday night, Thursday morning is is very arguable. But she's still a lady at the end of the day. And, you know, the, the, the comment about her being turned over on her stomach, like, I was like, no. And the fact that Cody was quite happy for that to go out as being an EVP. You know, just to me, you know, let's put it like this. If Bev and myself were in the wrestling business and somebody wanted to utilize that, no, I, I would have vetoed that. Uh, David, if you want to look at this storyline-wise, why would you let your wife come out there and that's when you know she's three-on-one to the disadvantage? Yeah. Wouldn't you just run out? That's for the heck of it. Yeah, 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 I know, yeah. I mean, yeah, the, yeah fair one. There's anomalies all over the place with it. It's But that's, she is so desperate to get herself over. And it's never going to happen because, in, you know, it's, it's, it's not go home, it's not heat, it's not, it's just go away heat, we don't want to see you, and and for some reason they, they don't realise that, they think she's, she thinks she's doing a job by being booed and being told shut the F up, you know, which again, on live television, you know, and, and that wasn't because to do with the segment, that was pure and simple to do with, you know, we don't want you. We don't want to see you. Go to the back, do your job, but don't, you know, spoil our product. Exactly, David. And in the spirit of things we may not want to see, standing question number three. How excited are you for Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania? I think that's going to change. I don't think they'll go ahead with that. It has to be. Becky versus Ron. As much as you know, I'm not a Becky fan, but there's something that will change. I'm, I'm, I when when I saw that announced, I was like, no, that ain't happening. Well, you went back to many night and you saw the promo that Ronnie Rosley did for the first night that she was back after the Royal Rumble. She called Becky Rebecca, and it like you can hear pins drops because like. Mm. Unless you were, like, super smart or, like us, always looking into the backstories and stuff, you know that Becky Lynch's first name is Rebecca. But if you don't go, like, Rebecca Quinn, it's like you don't get the reaction that you're supposed to. And Ronda Rousey, uh, I don't think a lot of people are going to give her the reaction that she wants. I would have loved to have seen her call, her call her Rebecca Quinn, to be fair. Which, I'm not being funny, that's only, like, going up to Seth Rollins and calling him Tyler Black because she used to be Re Rebecca Quinn. Oh, it's a real name. But she was Rebecca Quinn or Becky Quinn on the Indies, you know, um, I don't know. Uh, it's no, I don't think it'll go ahead, Sean. I think they, I think, I think surely the WWE are not that stupid to drop the ball to not do. 
Becky Lynch, Ronda Rousey. Well, personally, I would rather see Becky versus Bianca Belair and let Belair have her bone in the sun for that 26-second so-called match they had back at SummerSlam. Yeah, I can see that from your perspective. I'd just like to see Becky Lynch released. Stunning question number four. <laughs> How much of a factor was a crowd for progress as they came back two weeks ago for their first live show in about 18 months because you Good tweeted me question. that this was a excellent show and I finally got a chance to watch it and I agree with you it's probably the best pay-per-view I have seen in 2022. I'd agree with that 100% and I hate saying it um, but I, I can't argue with that at all there was um, some I really really out of all of it as, as good as it was particularly the main event with Cara and Chris Ridgeway um, and I thought they did that really really well I love the Smoking Aces the tag team champs I, I love them I think they're brilliant I liked I've always been a fan of Charlie Sterling um, but they were brilliant now, even, even there can't be progress without having some comedy. So you got Gene Money at the start, and that was even that was okay. Now, the crowd, because I have a love-hate relationship with the progress crowd, because the number of progress events I attended, one of the reasons I stopped going was because of the nature of the crowd, because they took smarkishness if that's such a word, but I'm sure everyone knows what I mean, to a new level, and it made it unpleasant for me. The same with um, Jim. I was never a fan of Jim, um, the owner and, and ring announcer. He was also, Jim Smallman was also very smarkish to me, very smug, and I really, really struggled with him. But do that you always got an excellent show. Now, this was first crowd back under new management, and I didn't think over the over the TV, you're not there, so you don't know for definite. You didn't think it was too bad at all. I tell you one thing it wasn't, Sean, and that was a sellout. They made out it was a sellout. It wasn't. I've been in Camden sellouts, and there wasn't. There was probably, they were probably about 50 or 60 light, but they had advertised it. As, in the finest wrestling traditions, they advertised it as a sellout. And no doubt, with the quality of that show, they will go on to continue to sell out, because it was, and I'll, I'll, I'll be magnanimous and I'll be honest, it was an excellent wrestling show. The only disappointment for me, and I'm interested in your take on it, was the debut of Anthony Agogo. I thought that was poor. Um, and I thought that he needed just to go in, punch someone, and get out. He's still very, very green around the wrestling gills. Exactly. I'm still surprised they didn't give him like a manager or a mouse mouthpiece. Yeah. Because I feel like if you're going to debut this guy, and yeah, he has a good look. He would be a addition to progress. He would be a big star in progress. And you have some good wrestlers in progress that can carry him to good matches. We just need to hide the fact that he's still a little green on the mic. Yeah, I mean... Some great, some really good stuff. You got TK Cooper and Chuck Mambo. I always like them. I like TK Cooper a lot. Lovely to see Dean Allmark in a prominent position. A long time British um, wrestler. Never quite made it. And he, in fact, he's got the title shot, I believe, on the next show against Cara. Cara is just fantastic. Cara is just wonderful. And the main event was excellent. You know, David, I was kind of pulling for Chris Ridgeway to actually win the title from Cara because I felt like we're getting to the end of the car being the progress champion yep. he has carried them through the pandemic he has done everything he can possibly do as 
a face in this company. And unless you're going to find some more new talent for him to have excellent matches with, and he could probably have a match with anybody, yeah. it's about time we see somebody else at the top of that card and let Kara do something else or see Kara chase for that title. Yeah, I agree. You're right. Um, the only one thing, the only slight caveat on that point I would make is, and you almost, you, you almost said it in your point, is he's carried the company through the pandemic, let him have a few shows as champion in front of a crowd with a belt, and then say maybe after Super Strong Style 16, let him, let him, you know, have him drop the title then. But let him have two or three chapters where he can enjoy being champion with an audience because he's all, it's almost Drew McIntyre syndrome in that he carried the company without you know, without an audience. But it was so much fun to watch that show with that crowd and yeah. him do his entrance. That was so fun. Yeah, 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 I agree, mate. Yeah, it was. Uh, and I didn't expect it. I didn't expect to, I don't know. I don't know why I expected Sean, to be honest. Um, but I watched it because I wanted to see what the crowd was like. And I was very pleasantly surprised. Well worth checking out. Exactly. So let's move over to stunning question number five of the week. Going back to AEW for a second, during that promo between John Moxley and Daniel Bryan, they were talking about forming a faction. And David, I want to see this faction formed now. Do you? Yes. See, I think this is just, um, I don't think it will. No, great. I don't just think it will two. either. Um, I'm not sure. Um, well, I mean, let's face it, there was only one person talking. Moxley was superb with his reactions. Have to say, the facials as Danielson's making points that he was like, well, well all right, yeah, I'd see that. I don't know. They'd be interested to see him as tag, a tag team because you have got such a contrast in styles. I don't know what I want. I'd maybe like to see him almost a la Kenny and Paige when they can have a, a little bit of success as a tag team early doors but you know it's going to implode very very soon exactly now the one thing aw doesn't do they don't do the will they won't they kind of break up tag team groups and i mean the thing with page and kenny omega that took a year before you saw the crack in the armor and it finally broke apart yeah but in this case they don't have to do it because there's going to be the level with it with it being moxley and with it being the slimy danielson there's going to be that level of suspicion right from the start so you wouldn't have to carry it a month but however they do it i like the i'm I'm intrigued by these two working either together again be it together or against each other i'm I'm intrigued by the preposition and I, i like it i don't dislike like it at all. Exactly. Either way this coin lands, it's going to be pretty good because even if you yeah. get a faction with Motsley and Danielson and Garcia and Yuta, yeah. I think was the fourth person that Daniel Bryanson mentioned. That, correct. I think that would be a pure wrestling faction. And yeah, I can see Daniel Bryanson and the other three turn heel on Motsley and just beat the heck out of him like the four horsemen did Sting back in 89. <laughs> Well, they're high on Garcia at the moment, so, um, you know, maybe maybe there is some legs to it, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, it's a ride that I'm quite happy to enjoy taking. Okay, sixth and final standing question of the week, and I saved the best for last, because on AEW, we finally got to see MJF versus CM Punk, and David, everybody's saying this is the greatest match ever, but I have some points I wanted to come to about this match, but I'll let you go first. Okay, um, greatest match ever now. No, not even close. No one there. Um, it was good. It, the storytelling were the particular highlights. I didn't think they gelled that well in the ring. I really didn't. Because for me, it wasn't one of Punk's best 
matches since return. Thought it was about 10 minutes too long. I loved the false finish with the chain because I didn't quite see what had happened because it was like three o'clock in the morning and I was half asleep. And when the referee dropped his arm for the third time, called for the bell, MJF's music hit, that crowd told the story that was needed because they were just like mortified. And then obviously it came out and it was a false finish. They restarted the match. Punk had time to recover. It was the right result. Fair play to Phil Brooks for letting MJF go over. It enhanced the Wardlow story with him between those three people. The thing for me now, the one thing it does for me, it makes MJF the obvious number one contender for Paige. Where does Punk go next? Because I don't think that they have a rematch. I don't want to see a rematch. I don't. I want this to be left alone. I really do. Despite the fact of the way MJF won it, but it was was to be expected. It leaves Punk strong. There was so much clever stuff in it. The the thing that spoiled it was the match quality wasn't quite, quite right, and it was too long. Okay, so let me address your questions first. I feel like the next move for Punk would be versus Warlow as he tries to get his way back to MJF, and MJF is going to be that heel that's going to throw everybody in his faction at CM Punk before he faces him again, probably no sooner than All Out in September. I can see that being the Labor Day special in the next CM Punk versus MJ match there. Now, my problem with this match was, A, it was too long, yes. I would end this match with the tape choke, one, two, three, arm drop, and you hear MJF music play, and that crowd went, oh my god, he just lost. Our hero lost. And I would have had MJF to stand up there and just walk up the ramp going, I'm MJF and I'm better than you and you know it and go off the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I haven't got a problem with that. I mean, you know, he's cheated to win so Punk stays strong. So it does, you know, Punk's not affected. I, I think Punk gets the hell out of there now and goes on to another thing. One caveat I'm going to make with you with All Out, and this follows on my point, right? If Punk, Punk yes, can build towards MJF at All Out later on in the year, but... At that point, it's for the AEW World Heavyweight title. Because, as I said, from this, MJF has to be number one contender. Goes on to fight Adam Page as and when they want. And through hockey means, beats Adam Page and goes on a cowardly heel rampage as the AEW World Champion. Who's the only one that can save us from MJF? CM Punk. And it's for the, the so the next time that they get close to each other, it's for the World Heavyweight title. I mean, I like the story you're telling. I think it's a very good story. So going back to the match that we saw on Wednesday night, after that moment where the crowd was in shock and they restarted that match, it kind of felt flat from there on out until the yep. end. And to me, the end when you have Warlow come down and toss the ring over to MJF, I'm going like, man, they just had a month of matches inside of 50 minutes because they could have drug this out to be two matches and have MJF cheat two different ways to win to beat CM Punk and have CM Punk win the third match. Yeah, well, I can't argue again. Again, I can't argue. This is one of the interests come Wednesday night. We'll be interested to see where they go with it. As I say, I think I think Punk stays away um, for obvious reasons, even if it's just MJF turn around saying, no, you've had your shot. You come nowhere near me, um, Wardlow or Spears, because you can build, uh, as he goes on a run to become world champion, you can build the jealousy up with Wardlow. Because you can have Punk turn around and say, look, you know, you've got a faction where one of your, one of your boys is 
way, way better than you, you know, which is Wardo and start planting the seed, help plant the seed and stuff like that. I, you know, it'd be interesting. Again, it's another area of AEW where I'm interested to see where the dice rolls and dice goes. So fair play to them for that. And like, it was the right result. MJF had to go over and fair play to Phil Brooks for, um, you know, for, for having, the, you know, working it accordingly. Exactly, David. So that wraps up the standing six questions this week. And also, it's going to wrap up our show for this week. David, you're not going to be here next week. I will have a special guest host with me for episode 99. But in two weeks' time, it's going to be episode 100 underneath this banner that we call Radio Free Professional Wrestling. And we're going to move that 100 show to Monday as we take over bunnies. And we literally Monday's a very positive day because the stunning one and David is smart mark will be on Mondays in two weeks. Because 100 shows, that's madness, Sean. Well, between us doing Radio Free Professional Wrestling and us doing the retrospective show there for a while, we have amassed a library that is closing in onto 100 episodes. Wow, and my mum said it wouldn't last. Well, see, you should have bet the bunny at the beginning of this process, and you could actually retire now. <laughs> You're right. I, yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. So, Dave, before we go, what is happening on Fiddling Youth Radio? Um, not a lot, mate, at the moment. Um, the studio is down and broken, so um, I won't be in the studio this Tuesday, but hopefully wait out, and obviously we will we'll let you know on all the socials um, uh, when when we return. But yeah, unfortunately, there won't be a show this week. There'll be no alternative music show tomorrow night, etc., etc. So um, we just got we just got technicians in um, working on the computer system at the moment. So apparently, Manny Rose was hiding in there somewhere, and KLR just came through there and smashed everything up, right? I reckon it was you and Dan Housen. No, I haven't been to England yet. You would have known if I came to England. I, I would, yes. Well, ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of David the Smart Mart, I am studying Sean. We hope you enjoy your week coming up. Stay stunning, and we'll be right back here next week as I announce who my special guest host is. And in two weeks, David and I will be taking over Mondays as we're staying on top of the gold medal post, holding our gold medals <laughs> as the true champions of wrestling podcasts. Stay stunning. Damn straight. This is Sergeant Arms of Christina on behalf of the guys. Thanks for listening to today's show. Please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and a review. Until next time, the liberation continues.